So, Pete, what are we talking about today? I don't have a funny thing to say today, Kevin. Okay, this is not heartwarming. This isn't. This isn't gonna make me happy. The dog dies. Well, okay. Um, then I'm out. Thanks for checking in, Pete. I am done with this podcast. Um, goodbye to Fearless Films. Welcome to Fearless Films. Films is a podcast for a horror movie buff. That's me. Breaks down scary movies for the scaredy cats. That's me, so they don't have to watch the movie. Um, is this even scary? It doesn't sound scary. It just sounds sad, Pete. It's I don't both. Know anything about this? It can be both things. Scary and sad. Ooh, ooh, right. I forgot. Who's the king of scary and sad? Stephen King. Oh, I see what you did there. That's what we're doing, right? We're doing Stephen King this month. Yeah. Because you hate me. Yeah. Like, personally, you hate me? I'm not a big fan of myself either, so uh, time for time to be oh, sad. Good. The, the angriest people at this podcast are the people who make this podcast. That's, that's great. That must be, like, a special thing. Are we... I don't know if there's many other people that do that. Well, we're millennials, so that's most of Welcome us. Welcome to Fearless Films. We hate ourselves. <laughs> uh, yeah, Kev, we're going to talk about the 1983 film Cujo. I mean, I guess that because there's only literally only one Stephen King story with a dog that I know of. Granted, I don't know that many Stephen King stories, but come on. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's the one that everyone knows. Hey, quick question. What kind of dog is Cujo? Uh, St. Bernard. Oh my goodness, it's a St. Bernard? Yeah, oh yeah. I thought it was like a big, angry, like, Doberman-looking thing. No. But it's a fluffy boy? No, Kev, if a St. Bernard's mad at you, it is angry and scary, trust me. <laughs> I know, but, like, fluffy boy. Not when fluffy boy's got rabies. Isn't that Beethoven? Isn't Beethoven a, a St. Bernard? Yes, Beethoven is a St. Bernard. I dare anyone 10 to 20 years younger than us to know who the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> oh my god, you're right. Beethoven's gone. Beethoven. Um, Pretty sure the so... first Beethoven movie came out in like 1990. Okay, but which came first, Beethoven or Cujo? Cujo. Do you think maybe Stephen King watched Beethoven? No, he's not a time traveler. Otherwise, he would have saved Kennedy. We know this, Kev. We've both <laughs> yeah, read he wrote that a whole book. book about it. <laughs> uh, one of his few not horror books. I'm sorry <clears throat> for anyone who may or may not be in the know of that book, eleven twenty two sixty three. If Stephen King gained the ability to time travel, he would either save Kennedy or he would open up a restaurant and sell his meat for very cheap. Very cheap. You can buy meat very cheap there. That's got to mess with the timeline somehow. I don't... I Well, no, because remember, it reset every time he did it. Oh, right. He was just buying the same meat. Yeah. And selling There's it for... There's better ways, cheap. I think, to become rich <laughs> than just buy low, sell high if you control time. I don't... I don't know, man. All right. Cujo is uh, very much like Beethoven, I'm going to guess. No. Beethoven was a better story than Cujo. I mean, depending on how you're measuring the metrics of a good story. Well, there were like four or five Beethoven movies, and I'm pretty sure there's only one Cujo movie. That is correct. So, ipso facto, 
Beethoven is a better story than Stephen King's Cujo. <laughs> yeah, sure. We'll go with that. So tell me about this fluffy boy. Uh, where do we begin? Um, so is he a good boy? <clears throat> he starts as a good boy. Well, that's nice. Yeah. This, this is early 80s King. So he wrote the book two years before the movie came out. So uh, this is still Cocaine King. Cocaine King. That sounds awesome. That's a that's a band right there. So, Kev, this is the book. A lot of people always like they'll cite the wrong thing, but this is the one that King says he doesn't remember writing. Oh, right. I know that story, right? Where you just was cocaine fueled yeah, it often gets attributed to, like, anything else you wrote, but it, it's in one of his, like, memoirs or something where he specifically says Cujo is the book that he kind of just woke up one weekend and was like, what the fuck is this? So then there was a manuscript in front of him. How you, like, <laughs> like, you, sure, you could black out and have, like, a wild evening, but, like... Do you think Stephen King can write a book in an evening? I mean, him, yes. <laughs> That's just wild. It's an entire book. Well, actually, how I don't know. I I've stayed away from this book and movie for obvious reasons. How big is the book? Is it's it not like a short story. It's it's not a short story. It is a full novel, but it's not very long. It's still a full novel. Like yeah. if it fits novels terms, <laughs> and you can somehow do it. On a cocaine-fueled bender. <laughs> yeah, oh, but it's it's king, man. It's things? king. He fucking... Dude writes like 100 pages a day. It's upsetting. Alright, so tell me about this book, and also in the process, probably tell Stephen King about this book. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, we start with Cujo. Uh, uh, I love how Wikipedia puts it. A friendly and easygoing St. Bernard. Like, what, did he spend his weekends, like, going to, like, you know, local cafes and just, you know, chilling while drinking a chai? Like, what is... He was very big in the chess community. Yeah. Um, also, it seems like, like, yes, it's a St. Bernard. They're generally friendly and easygoing. <laughs> so he's chasing a rabbit around out in the fields. And the rabbit dives into a hole. Cujo sticks his head in the hole, and there is a rabid bat in the hole that bites him. Why is there a bat in a hole? I don't know. This is a cave dwelling bat. I don't know. Fine. <laughs> so now the dog has rabies. And immediately well, we're quick. sad. Like the movie opens with be sad. <laughs> <laughs> be sad, don't get any better. Yeah. And Cujo belongs to. This guy who, uh, this man and his family, and the guy runs, like, the um, auto shop of this small town. It actually takes place in Castle Rock, which is a town that King uses in a bunch of his stories. It's near Derry in Maine, because, you know, Maine is oh, the source of all evil. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. But so, yeah, the local mechanic and his family own Cujo. Uh, meanwhile... The other half of this book follows the Trenton family, uh, this guy named Vic, his wife Donna, and their young son, Tad, who's like six. I think he's supposed to be like six years old. Oh, good. Kids and dogs in mm -hmm. a Stephen King story. Yeah. And uh, the book and the movie both follow this, like, there's this dual storyline where it's like, 
the wife and the kid are the ones who end up becoming, you know, hunted by Cujo. The dad, Vic, he's an advertising executive, and half the storyline is about him. He has to go out of state for a job, and he's trying to figure out this advertising thing for, like, a breakfast cereal brand. And the whole time, you're just like, why do we care about what this dude is doing at his job? Like, it's King, so of course, he devotes pages and chapters to this dude's struggle with coming up with, like, a jingle and a logo for this breakfast cereal. And you're like, there's a dog eating people. We don't need to know about this. He's got to fill out those pages, man. The story, he's like, he wrote the Cujo story, and he was like, this is like 17 pages. I need something else. Yeah. So, yeah, the everyone's introduced, all the main players, and they, they discuss how they need to take their car to the local mechanic because it's been acting up and it needs to get fixed. Yeah, that's why you would take it to a mechanic. Great, great writing, yep. Stephen King. You're doing good so far. There's a... Nice little mini storyline that plays out where you actually find Aside out there... Aside from the jingle, there's another mini There's another one. There's a lot going on in King books. Um, Vic and Donna's marriage is actually on the rocks, and he finds out that yeah, she's been that having... Is a regular thing? Huh? Is that like a regular thing in most Stephen King? Man can't have a happy marriage. No, no. Like, nobody has stable relationships in Stephen King stories. It's not... Him and Disney. That's just... <laughs> No, Disney is you're not allowed to have parents. Yeah, that's true. Well, that's they're the ones in the relationship, hopefully. <laughs> but yeah, he finds out that his wife has been having an affair with a, an ex-flame from high school. They get into a fight about it, but they're like, we're going to try to make this work uh, when he gets back and blah, 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 blah. Kind of confused about why you would get into a fight about an affair. It's like, you're having an affair with me. Yeah, but it's okay. Like, what, what grounds of defense? She, well, she well. she's trying to tell him that she called that off and that it won't happen again. And he's like, I literally have no reason to believe you at this moment. So we'll talk about it when I get back from my trip. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the house where Cujo lives, he's getting worse and worse as the condition starts to take over his brain. And the mechanic's wife and son leave the house for to go visit the wife's sister, which... The movie is just sort of like, they leave, alright, goodbye. The book goes into this whole other storyline about how the mechanic guy's abusive, and she's going to visit her sister, but, like, with plans to never come back. Did did King get paid by the letter that he was writing or something like that? <laughs> the amount of pages that he had filled? I think it's... The cocaine spun him into having so many different thoughts at once, <laughs> and he just ADHD wrote all of them down. Yeah, of Stephen King stories. He's like, "Ooh, what if there's an affair? Ooh, what if there's abuse? Ooh, what if there's a dog trying to eat people? Ooh, what if somebody's car breaks down? Ooh," and it just all comes out on the page. <laughs> so, how much of this Cujo book is actually about Cujo, and how much could this book have been named a series of sordid affairs? Well, in I mean, Maine? that's the worst part is that the book. You actually get chapters that are from the dog's point of view, which the movie, you can't really, like, that's hard to translate to film. Like, you're not going to have a voiceover. It's like, I am the dog, and I love the people. <laughs> like, it's just too silly. But the book actually plays I out. I don't care. <laughs> the book actually plays out his, like, slow descent into madness from the rabies, and it's just heartbreaking because it's basically just 
he, everything causes him pain, like noise, light, like any sort of sensation causes the dog pain, and that's why he goes crazy and starts trying to like kill people. Yeah. So it's not a book I recommend to anyone who's ever owned a pet, because it's just too painful. <laughs> but uh, I mean, apparently, people who like reading and watching Stephen King movies like pain and misery. Anyways, fuck you, Frank. <laughs> Uh, after a certain point, the dog completely snaps, kills its owner, or I'm sorry, kills the owner's friend who, like, was coming over to get something when the owner was away. Uh, like, just rips- That's what you get for breaking and entering. That's trespassing. Jumps up and rips his throat out, and then later when the owner comes back, Cujo jumps him too and fucking rips him to shreds. Oh, whoops. Yeah. I just can't imagine a St. Bernard doing that. Like, I feel like his fluffiness will get in the way of him being able to tear somebody's throat out. I know. It's hard. But they do a good job. If Cujo's main way of attacking people was by smothering them, that's understandable. <laughs> I can see that. Well, it's very believable whenever he runs up and just knocks a person down. Because they're like, yeah, well, yeah, okay, that, no, that dog's the that. size of a car. So, yeah. And the makeup people of this movie, I think, deserve all the praise. Because they make him like constantly like damp with sweat. And he's got all the foam coming out around his mouth, and like there's just like um, like goo and shit like running out of his eyes and his nose. So he looks like monstrous. I don't know how they did that with the dog. Like the dog's <laughs> gonna sit there and be like, "Sure, goop me up, bitch." Yeah, I'm I mean, paid. a lot of just spraying it down. I did read that the the stuff that was like the foam around his mouth was a concoction of egg whites and sugar. So it's so like he just kept eating. Yeah, his. we can film for like 10, 10 seconds and then he's going to start eating his face. So just <laughs> make it quick. <laughs> the whole like crux of the movie is that after that the 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 auto shop is abandoned now, but nobody knows that. Donna has to go to get the car, so she takes the young boy and they drive up there. And Right when they, like, they pull up, and they're about to get out of the car, and fucking the dog comes running out of nowhere and just starts jumping on the car and, like, barking at them and trying to get to them. So, they lock themselves in the car, which then, of course, breaks down, because they just Why not? are not good at maintaining their vehicles. Oh, uh, sure, it's their fault. <laughs> I blame Stephen King. And they're now trapped in a Ford Pinto... By a ravenous, rabid dog in the middle of summer. Uh, Ford Pintos are actually pretty safe vehicles, I've learned. Yes, but <laughs> they get hot pretty quick. Mm, mm, fair. Yeah. So it's we. the next chunk of the movie is just like an entire day of like, the dog just keeps hovering around, won't le let them out of its sight. Anytime she tries to like open a door or anything, it just comes running over again and tries to attack. Okay, so did do you think Stephen King started this storyline with all these bitches leave dogs in the cars to slowly get hot and die of heat exhaustion? What if it was reversed? <laughs> Maybe. The dog traps people in a car to die of heat exhaustion. That is the big threat because as time goes by, Donna realizes that like they don't have like they have like one cup of water between them to share and it's just getting hotter and hotter in the car because they can't like that most they can crack the windows but you you've been in a car in the summer like that doesn't do shit yeah and anymore um, and the dog's gonna try to force its way in 
And this is the wife and her son. Yeah. Who's six. Mm-hmm. This is another one of those stories would be wildly different if, like, anybody else was involved in the story. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, at one point, she tries to get out again because the, the dog, like, wanders into the barn or something, and she thinks it's, like, not paying attention and she tries to get to the house, but the dog jumps at her and uh, bites her in the leg, I believe, like in the thigh. But she does manage to, like, fight it off and get back in the car. But, like, now the situation's just, like, bad to worse. Doesn't... Th- now, then she has rabies, or could get rabies. Yeah, it's possible. That, I forget how rabies works. I believe with rabies and humans, like, you have to get treated within, like, a day or something, or else you're basically just fucked. Yeah, you can't. There's no coming back. Yeah. Um, So meanwhile, uh, like I said, the book was not too long. The movie's also pretty short as well. So uh, at this point, we're like halfway through the movie already. Well, there isn't much that you can talk about. There's a dog that traps some people in a car, and that's it. It's not like the dog, you're following the dog on a massive killing spree. No, yeah. But like... The husband returns home from his work thing, and... That was a quick business trip. <laughs> when he gets back, he finds that uh, the house has been trashed. And we, the audience, were shown that it was, like, the ex-lover that she broke up with who was mad that she called it off with him. So he goes to the house and just, like, messes up everything. So at first, he's like, oh my god, like, that dude went crazy and kidnapped my family. <laughs> so he calls the police... They check it out, but the dude is like, got an alibi. Obviously, they're not, like, with him wherever he is, blah, blah, blah. But then they're like, oh, like, maybe your family's at the auto shop because that's, they were supposed to go there at some point. So maybe you should check where they were supposed to go. (laughs) Maybe try basic detective work. Yeah. Well, so they send a, uh, the sheriff goes down there to check it out himself because he was, like, already on the road and they call him. And he goes, he go, he pulls up, gets out of his car, and immediately the dog shows up, of course. It chases him. He gets into the barn, but it, uh, and, like, he, it, I think it jumps at him at one point, and he drops his gun. So keep that in mind for ten minutes from now. Uh, <laughs> the gun is on the ground outside. He gets chased into the barn. He tries to climb up on some stuff, but the... The dog fucking knocks him off of it, and um, this was the weird one to me. Of all the kills in this movie, the dog just kind of, like, it bites his torso and, like, rips a chunk out of him, and then he just instantly dies. That's it. He was a very weak police officer. Yeah. I'm like, that's a that's literally a flesh wound. Like, it's a bad wound, but it's not fatal by any means. Nope, that's it. He's fucked. All right, Okay. A uh, little known thing about it, it's a weird thing that you don't know about, but when St. Bernard's get um, uh, uh, get rabies, the, the mixture of their saliva and the rabies and stuff like that turns into a deadly, fast-acting poison. Oh, They're basically yeah. just um, scorpions now. Oh, yeah? It's a scorpion just, dog. Just scorpions dog? Okay, yeah. That was a major plot point in Beethoven 3, actually. I don't believe you. <laughs> Beethoven 3, the Scorpion King. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he's dead. I should clarify that, like, 
uh, like 24 hours have passed at this point. Like they showed up, they were trapped by the dog, night fell. Nobody's been to this mechanic shop in 24 hours? It's, is everybody's car working perfectly? It's a very small town, and it's not like... He's just sort of an out-of-the-way, like, local mechanic. How is that who, mechanic shop still able to make any money if their average customer rate is one a day? <laughs> because, Kev, in the simple the simple places like Maine, it, people are more easygoing and can get through life without all the craziness of the big city. It's probably because rent was like $3 a month. Probably. <laughs> but yeah, so it was like the next morning is when the chief showed up, got fucking killed, blah, blah, blah. So. Didn't have backup, didn't bring anybody else, didn't communicate. Nope, yeah. Thanks. That's just how it goes. So now it's like, you know, it's getting hot again. The mother is on her last leg. The kid is passed out at this point, is unresponsive. So she's like, I either have to do something now and risk us dying or the kid is definitely dead. I'm sure that's how she refers to him, too. That yeah. kid is fucking gonzo. So she gets outside of the car, grabs a baseball bat. I don't remember. I think the bat was in the trunk of the car. Um, gives the dog a couple of good whacks before breaking the uh, the bat over its head. She, it's fucking... This dog... I mean, St. Bernard's a big dog, but they're not tanks. It's the Terminator <laughs> of dogs, Kev. <laughs> Rabies doesn't give them an exoskeleton. <laughs> but yeah, she, she breaks it, so now she's holding like a, sh- a shattered shard of wood. And of course, the dog leaps at her, and she just sort of thrusts that forward and impales the dog through the chest. And it goes down. It fucking knocks her down, too, because St. Bernard's are huge, but it goes down. Oh, they're big? Oh, yeah. So she gets up, runs over, grabs the sheriff's gun... Pulls the obvious horror movie move where she looks at the dog. <clears throat> but I'll give her credit for this one. But then is like, fuck it, I need to worry about saving my son first. And runs inside to try to get water. Um, because, you know, that makes sense. It's better than just being like, well, I hope the killer's dead. That's it. Alright. <laughs> she gets water. She revives the kid, thankfully. And then Cujo jumps up for one last scare, as Scream told us. And jumps at her, but she manages to shoot the dog dead with the sheriff's gun. And they are finally out of fucking, you know, hot water. And then fucking the last scene of the movie is the husband arrives and is like, I'm here, honey. We can, you know, it's going to be okay. And it's like, you didn't do shit. You were busy trying to save a cereal brand from going under. Did you get your jingle figured out, honey? (laughs) I was busy, too. You know, after all that, uh, the the car didn't even get fixed either. No, and the car is still, still broken. Down a car. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the real horrific aspects of these movies is the aftermath. Like, they don't get any money from this from surviving. They just now they have to fix their car. Oh boy, I don't think that's their top concern right now. I mean, what else is there? The dog's dead. The kids are alive. That's fine. Well, right, I mean, now we have the car. The she car. she might have rabies. Oh, right. That's stupid rabies. Also, important thing to point out about this ending, Kev, we're going to pull a reversal from the mist that we covered last time. In the book, it's the sadder ending, and in the movie, it's the happier ending. Oh, what's what's uh, what's the saddest ending, Pete? In the book, the kid dies. Why does he die? Cause she's, out of heat exhaustion? Yeah, she can't get to him in time, and he just fucking dies. Steven, why? Like, why? 
It's so fucked up. Not enough was going on in this book? Uh, I guess not. So yeah, but no, in the movie they changed it to them. I mean, rightfully so. The producers were like, you know, kids should probably live in the end because no one's going to want to see this movie where (laughs) after all of this horror, the kid just fucking dies. We've already got the dog dying. Can we cool it on the kid also dying? Yeah, right? Um... But yeah, no, they, 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 I think they made the right choice, because it really is just, like, I don't know, for some reason for me it's different than The Mist, and maybe it is the dog, maybe it is the dog, or I'm just like, we already saw a dog die, we don't need more people to die. What do you mean it's different from The Mist? Like, it's, well, like, I don't, I don't mind the ending to The Mist in the movie, like, I think it's, what? Yeah, I like that ending. You, you dislike the Cujo, sorry, you enjoy Cujo's less than the fucking mist? Well, it's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's weird. Like, I like that the kid lives in the Cujo movie, but I also like that everyone dies in the mist movie. <laughs> well, not everybody. That's the whole point. Yeah. Like, I think I'd like it better if everybody died in the mist. Right? Hell, just bring on the Armageddon in the mist. <laughs> So, you prefer the kid living? Yeah, I think it just makes more sense. I mean, like, it's it's honestly kind of pointless, too. Like, there's no... It, it just happened. You know, it's just a thing that happened. Like, in The Mist, there was a reason, at least, for... Yeah, know, like, they made a bunch of choices, choices that led them to a place. Yeah, whereas in this one, it was just like, well, shit happens, bro. Yeah. Wouldn't it just suck if you just drove to the mechanic one day and then your whole world fell apart? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I guess the first question I have is more about the book than the movie. Mm-hmm. Why did this ever become popular? Like, Kutcher's a bit... Like, Stephen King has made roughly 7,000 books a day <laughs> for the last 50 years. So, there's a lot of Stephen King books out there. Why this one? Like, from the way you're describing it, it sounds all over the place and not super scary. Like, there, I mean, there's a lot of tension, because the, the, but, like, most of it is we are slowly baking to death in a car. That's what it is. Not it's exactly the, full of jump scares. Well, no, no, it's the terror, not the horror. It's, it's tension and atmosphere. Because the whole, like, you're, it's one of those, like, you're along for the ride, like, you're trapped in this car with them. Like, that's how well it sucks you in. Like, the book is very good at just, like... I mean, I, maybe that's what works for the book, is every time it cuts away to, like, the stupid husband story, you're just like, what? but what about the mom and the kid? <laughs> but no, he just has a way of writing that just makes that shit interesting, despite, like like you said, when you lay it out like that, it sounds not good at all. But Yeah, the- especially as you were talking to me about it, you're like, oh, and then... The guy comes back and uh, the house is trashed and he calls the police and the police go to investigate and say it wasn't him. And I'm like, wow, riveting. Really? <laughs> a house is messy. Yeah, I mean, the writing is what makes it interesting. And the film does a pretty good job of um, converting that and, and making the movie exciting, too. It just cu- it cuts a lot like of those... the fluff. The movie does that not spend ass. like any time with the husband at his fucking work thing. <laughs> really? I really want to know how a jingle was created for a cereal brand. 
God, I like remember parts of that too. It's been a while since I read the book, but I'm just like, why do I remember that random ass storyline from Cujo? Well, you remember more than Stephen King does, so. Ooh, Brumcha. I don't know, man. It's uh, okay. So I t- I asked about the book, and like now I'm gonna go over to the movie, and um, I kind of set myself up for this when I asked about like why was the book popular because the the movie. Rotten Tomatoes, anyways, which, again, for these older movies in the 80s, Rotten Tomatoes is a different thing because they're pulling from resources that are older, whereas nowadays people write directly, pretty much people write reviews for Rotten Tomatoes nowadays. Yeah. Uh, Whereas back then they had to kind of amalgamate. So it's not as accurate, I've learned, um, to, like, the feeling of the day. But it's, it's a good approximation. It's better than if I just dug up, like, random, I don't know, Newsweek articles about Cujo from the 80s. I think that wouldn't work very well. But um, the, 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 the general breakdown of feelings towards this movie kind of goes along with exactly what I was saying about the book or what it sounds like from the movie. The, the, the professional critics, the movie reviewers, gave it a 60%, which isn't great, but it's fresh. It's good. It's good enough, basically. Yeah. Uh, audience gave it a 45. Oh, wow. Um, because... And I could see why. I mean, like, I haven't seen the movie, but, like, I could see why from the description of this where it's like, hey, guys, not a lot happens. It's a slow burn terror thing, but, like, not even, like, you can't even have action. You can't have them wandering around as they slowly die. They're literally sitting in a car watching a fluffy boy. (laughs) But that's my opinion from hearing it. You watched it. Would you say that this is... The, the, the people are idiots or uh, is this kind of right? Um, no, I think it's an effective movie. Uh, the claustrophobia is what makes it scary. Um, the car shrink? No. I mean, it's a Ford Pinto. It can't shrink much. So. <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of like akin to the three men trapped on the boat in Jaws where it's like they're hunting the shark, but are they? It's like that, except even more clearly uh, these people are trapped in this one location. So you think you think more I mean like I can see why the critics liked it because they like story development they like things like that has more nuance to it whereas the general audience is more looking for spectacle. Mm. Does this not have a lot of spectacle? Um yeah, I'd say that's an accurate description. Yeah, I mean so there's maybe, only so much spectacle you can have with jo- dog jumps on you and bites you like Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's the thing even the killers a little bit like lackluster in this it, it, at least from the my thoughts on it like the dog can be scary but also St. Bernard's in it, by nature don't look super scary. I'm pulling up pictures of Cujo in the film and he looks mangy. Oh yeah. Like he looks messed up but oh. not terrifying just dirty (laughs) he looks very dirty and like just because saint bernard just constantly look kind of sad (laughs) they've got that like the droopy eyes and the jowls that are hanging down they just kind of look like sad clowns so it's very hard for me to be like oh no scary sad clown it's it's weird for me because my earliest like memories of saint bernard's is both the contrast of cujo and beethoven (laughs) so i've always had a kind of all-around view of saint bernard's that they can be scary but they can also be cute um yeah the the crossover episode they did between those was really wild (laughs) i was looking at something too and i thought you'd find this interesting kev 
Kujo the novel received uh, a, a few nominations and one like literary award, the British yeah. Fantasy Award for Best Novel, nineteen eighty two. Um, but despite those accolades, according to the American Library Association, Kujo was the forty ninth most banned and challenged book in the United States between nineteen ninety and nineteen ninety nine. What? Yeah. Why? I uh. They just don't like dogs dying? I guess. I don't know. Uh, the link I follow doesn't take me to anything that says a reason. It just says it was no, a you, you banned can't... and challenged book. Yeah, although you'd be surprised. There's so many banned and challenged books out there that you're like, really, guys? That one? I know, right? It could just... Uh, I mean, I wonder if that just amounts to, like, it's a horror book that schools didn't want to have in their libraries or something. Well, also, the kid dies, right? Yeah. I mean that that I can see why a librarian would be like fuck no dog and kid yeah maybe not um so in terms of the movie though bringing back to to the movie the movie had a budget of 6 million dollars which i'm assuming is mostly dog food though <laughs> no, they had um five st bernards they worked with for the movie so yeah that's a lot of food <laughs> One St. Bernard is enough to, to eat you out of house and home. So, uh, it made $21 million, That's which, not bad. As we know, is definitely a profitable thing. I mean, that's um, no... That doesn't contend with the big horror hitters of the generation. Like, 83 is, you know... Jason's already up and running. And his $6 million films were making more than $21 million. Yeah, but... <laughs> This I don't think was never meant to contend with the big blockbustery type uh, slashers. That's a weird this sentence. Is more of a think piece. <laughs> uh, so I can kind of see uh, them being happy with the return, but not being like not expecting much more than that. Yeah, it was an hour and a half long, which makes me really feel like with your description, it makes me wonder. What the hell did they do with that time? Was there just lots of long shots of a car slowly melting? Uh, that's a lot of it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just this poor family trapped in a car, suffering. Um, so, let's talk about who should watch this movie. It's a hard thing to, to recommend, Kev. Because while I enjoy the movie... Even I am just like, nobody's going to want to watch this movie. <laughs> you want to watch a kid suffer and a dog die? Huh? Ooh. <laughs> like, even other people I know who are horror fans have a hard time with Cujo. This is where they draw the line? They're yeah. like, listen, college co-eds? Fine. Fuck them. But the <laughs> dog and the kid? What the hell's wrong with you? I know. It's, it's not... I don't think I can recommend this for many unless you're willing to... If, unless you you know what you're getting into. You well, gotta uh, really prepare yourself. I kind of feel like that's a, that's that's part and parcel for, for Stephen King. He's I'm, just like, oh yeah, normal like horror things? Fuck that. I'm gonna like really hit you where it hurts. Kids, families, dogs. Yeah, fuck them. Gonna kill them all. Billy Bumblers. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> You've read The Dark Tower. <laughs> Oi, that poor little pet. Oi. Oh, god damn it. You're right. Yeah, I just made you remember some trauma. Yeah, I don't even know why I read those books. Because <laughs> I can tell you for right now, I would not watch this movie. Yeah, that's what a, what a surprise. 
The guy so, I know who owns a big, fluffy, lovable dog. <laughs> uh, Basco is not fluffy, and he's barely lovable. He's a nuisance. Listen, he got under the roof one time. <laughs> he learned how to open windows. He, If he was the main character of Cujo, that family would be fucking dead. Oh, he would have gotten into that car in no time. <laughs> you see him, like, open the hood and just start, like, taking things Round out of the engine. <laughs> Fix your car up, but I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> He cuts him on a jack and removes all the tires. Now try to escape. <laughs> is he... Wait a minute. Is he siphoning gas out of the gas tank? Those fucking border collies. They're so smart. They are. They're too smart for their own good. So did you tell me what Cujo's kill count was? I was wondering about that. Like, you mentioned a couple of people, but, like, it couldn't have been very high. Owner. Owner's neighbor. Sheriff. The trespasser. Who deserved it? Yeah. Sheriff. And that's it. Three. Oh, yeah. So it's not like nothing about this movie screams huge spectacle. Is there anybody that you would recommend seeing this movie to? Like anybody you could think of, no matter how specific? Oh, I mean, like hardcore horror fans who can take that kind of torture. Yeah, definitely. But uh, (laughs) like I said, I think it's a good movie. It's a short, you know, gets to the point kind of movie. Oh, I... I forgot another thing. There's another subplot in the book that's not in the movie God so much. It. Where there's a serial killer in a in the dead zone, another King story, and he he's dead by the time of the Cujo's events, and but the town is so afraid of the serial killer that he's sort of become like the boogeyman of urban legend. And like the kid is afraid that the boogeyman's like in his closet and shit. And at one point in the book, like the dad or maybe the mom, one of them muses to themselves that, like, what if the, the evil spirit of the serial killer inhabited this dog, and that's why it's so crazy? Because they don't know it has rabies. That, no, that's a much more plausible explanation than rabies. It's <laughs> evil hey, serial killer inhabiting. In, in King Universe, it is. I guess that's true. <laughs> You're used to some pretty fucked up shit. But yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there for you. There's yet another subplot in the book. Why not? Let's add them all. Let's let's throw another thing in there. You want to put a clown in there? There's a clown underneath the car being like, hey, kid, we all float down here. <laughs> Kev, what's what's in a name? <laughs> How do you feel about Cujo? Um, at first, when I was thinking about this movie, I was thinking, this movie is probably going to be one of my higher... Uh, higher rated name lists it's gonna be it's right there i mean what's the name of the dog cujo what's the name of the film cujo who's the main antagonist of the film the dog named cujo who does most of the killing cujo seems pretty straightforward right yes but then i find out that this book is barely about or the movie is barely about fucking cujo it should have <laughs> been cujo comma also some problems with some marital disputes maybe a cheating ex also have you heard of this jingle? <laughs> Semicolon, a story of small town Maine, slash, how did this mechanics place survive slow times? <laughs> I like it. It's catchy. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and give this maybe like a seven. Now, you know, a six. Because it definitely has an element. It tries hard to tell you an important thing about this movie but it misleads you 
into thinking that that's the only thing about this movie <laughs> when apparently it's a slice of life drama and said with some dogs in it with a dog in it happenstance as well do you want to know where the name Cujo comes from sure All right. do I are you sure it's not bad it's just interesting are you familiar with the Patty Hearst kidnapping uh vaguely you you want to refresh me though you've probably heard the name before yeah 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 so back in the 70s there was this group called the symbionese liberation army which is they're just a bunch right. of fuckheads no, wait. now i do know this is the the celebrity that got uh kidnapped and was like well yeah Pat, patty hearst comes from the hearst family which is super rich and goes back into the early days of america and she was kidnapped by this fuckhead group and they basically held her hostage and tortured her and indoctrinated her into their their thing. According um, to her. There's some controversy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, yeah, it's described as one of, like, everyone refers to it when they talk about Stockholm Syndrome and all that stuff. But uh, that, one of the dudes in that group, whose name was Willie Wolf, he used an alias, and that alias was Cujo. And that's where King was like, oh, that's an interesting name, and just named the dog that in his book. <laughs> really? Yep. He took it from, from a, a, all right, I mean, I guess that's King for you. Inspiration well, comes from the weirdest places. Adults. Yeah. So I just thought that was interesting, and what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, interesting and what the fuck is the best way to describe Stephen King in general, so. Fair point. I do not disagree. Hmm. All right. Are we done with Stephen King? Is there more? Are no, we there's more? always more Stephen King, Kev. Yeah, but why? Why, Pete? Why? Because the man's got such a big library of work that you can never run out of things to talk about. Yeah, but, like, do you want to keep talking about things that just make you sad, Pete? They're not all sad. I I promise you there's there's a couple that are going to be just fun. Loads of fun. Really? Really? Oh, yeah. Not the next thing we're going to talk about, but the one after, <laughs> that's going to be fun. Um, what is the next thing we're talking about? Children of the Corn. Oh. Mm -hmm. uh, is that where the uh, the little kid telekinetically kills people by sending them away? No, no, no. Yeah, that's the Twilight Zone and sending people to the corn field. Okay, well, here's a quick question for you. How do I know that? I don't know. Do you watch The Twilight Zone? Nope. Then Does that seem I, like something I would watch, Pete? I don't know. You like sci-fi. There's a lot of sci-fi stories in The Twilight Zone. Yep, yep. In, that, in that horror series. Uh, I actually wouldn't call it a horror series. What happens to the, the people that the children send to the cornfield, uh, Pete? They don't get to leave the cornfield. Okay, great. Does that sound uplifting and family-friendly? To you? I, I didn't say it was uplifting and family friendly. <laughs> I just said it wasn't horror. Alright, um, so we're gonna we're gonna do Children of the Corn. Yes. Next week. It's about uh, another fun and exciting romp in the world of uh, Stephen King's brain. Did he remember this one? Yes, this one he remembers writing. Great. Good. <laughs> Step up then. We're moving on up it, from here. It's another one of his early works, so the drugs and the alcohol hadn't completely demolished him yet. <laughs> uh, but he's better now, right? Oh yeah, he's been sober for a long time. 
Now, would you say, being a fan of his works, that his uh, writing suffered from him being sober? Oh, no. Uh, surprisingly, not at all. I would actually say he got better at writing endings after he got sober. Well, you know, when you're when you're on the drugs, the drugs start wearing off and you're just tired and you don't want to do it anymore. So you're just going to like, whatever, they fucking, I don't know, die. Okay, move on. <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, what was, I, I read a book of his from a few years ago, and I was, like, I was genuinely surprised, like, how straightforward it was, and how the ending was pretty solid, and felt conclusive. <laughs> You're like, Steven, like, what's going on here? Yeah. And there wasn't even, like, weird sex stuff. Well, then what's the point? I mean... <laughs> I got nothing. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know why I said I mean. I have no argument. <laughs> uh, so what did you learn from watching this movie? What did you learn from talking about it today? Um, I think the important lessons are keep up on your car maintenance. That's very important. Get those oil changes. Learn how to do as much yourself as you can. Uh, uh, those, the, you're going to run small local business, places out of business. That place was already struggling. <laughs> Um, live like a survivalist and always have many water bottles in your car at all time and other supplies you may need in the event See, of being this is trapped. Where I would have a leg up. Uh, I mean, hell, I, I think anybody would have a leg up on this family because we all have cell phones now. So this is definitely a non-story anymore. Yeah, you, you can't really translate it. Oh my God. The, <laughs> in 2015, some studio, I, they're not even a big name, announced that they were going to do a, a new adaptation of Cujo. But it was like Cujo as an abbreviation, and it was like canine, urban, something operative or whatever. Like it was Jacked be, up ordinances. Yeah, like it was going to be some like cyber dog weapon thing. What the fuck? And after that announcement in 2015, there has been no word said about it since because I That's think... That's probably because they announced it and everybody everywhere was like, hey, what the fuck? The world co collectively went, no. no. Just no. Pass. <laughs> Nobody's asking for that. Well, aside from that, aside from having cell phones, I think I have a leg up because I have three kids and those... Small children love to have water but hate to finish it. So I'm pretty sure my car has 75 half-full water bottles and in it at any given time. I am good to survive a siege in any of my cars. There's also <laughs> half-eaten uh, candy in there, stale bread, so many breakfasts that were only half-consumed on the way to school and left around there. Uh, so we've got sunscreen. We we are good, all right? I could s start a small community from what I've got left in my the backseat of my car from my kids. So Oh, well. You can go around saving all the small auto shops that are in need of <laughs> salvation. <laughs> all right. You want to know what I learned from this, uh, this movie? I do. I'm very curious. Uh, no matter how fluffy the boy, apparently they can still be angry and deadly. Wow. <laughs> Poor fluffy boy. No matter how fluffy the boy. Look at him. Look at those pictures. He's just a dirty fluffy boy. <laughs> I love him. I'll let him kill me. It's fine. Well, apparently they had to do tricks that modern movie makers apparently like still haven't figured out where they would just tie his tail down to one of his back legs 
Because it was always just wagging excitedly because he was he doing was a good so he was doing such fun. a good job. <laughs> He's like, I get to play with these people. They're just literally covering my face in sugar. This is the best thing ever. Yeah, just they tied his tail down. Whereas I distinctly remember reading, I think it was that movie Underworld. Remember the vampires versus werewolf movies from the early 2000s where yeah. they had to like CG the dog's tails from wagging. And I'm like, just really, you're going to waste money on CG when you could just tie their tails down. <laughs> I feel like that's inhumane or something like that. They mm. probably don't like that. Maybe. Or, you know, just everybody should just use, um, what's the dogs that don't have tails? I don't. Think- Dobermans? Uh, boxers don't have tails. They have, like, tiny nubs for tails. Yeah, just use those in every movie if you don't want their tails wagging. You know what? Ba- boxers would be a little bit more terrifying than uh, St. Bernard's, honestly. Yeah. They've got, they've, got a, they've got some lean muscle to them. <laughs> what, what breed? Like, why? Did he ever say why St. Bernard? Uh, not that I could find. I think it just because it's a big dog, it's believable as, you know, it can take people down. But look at, like, Dobermans. Look at pictures of Dobermans. <laughs> Those dogs normally look like they're going to fucking kill you. Like, the Dobermans are very sweet, but just looking at them, they're all angles. They're all oh, they're yeah. just very sharp-looking dogs. <laughs> they look like you could... St- I feel like you could stab somebody to death with just their ears. They're all angular and sharp and lean, and it's like, okay, that looks like a... a, a a, a death-bringing dog. Dobermans just look clumsy and sad. <laughs> I think if there's anything good that's come out of today's episode, it's that we're convincing people to go look up pictures of dogs. Right? Oh, man. Bulldogs, <laughs> though. Bulldogs. They look like... I mean, bulldogs look like they wouldn't necessarily maul you to death, but they would beat you to a pulp because they've got nothing but muscle. They've got, like, all this, like, shoulder strength, too. They look like they just want to fisticuff you. Hey, I love dogs. Look at all these guys. (laughs) I can't, Kev. We're not in the same location. Look at all these pictures. This guy looks so sad, although he does look like a harbinger of doom. All right. I think we need to go now because Kevin's... No, but look at this. I'm going to post a picture here. Kevin's abandoned the the plot, and he's just looking at pictures of dogs now. But look at him. You all can also look at pictures of dogs on your free time, but not now. Does that not look like a harbinger of doom, but then you'd also probably snuggle up with on the couch? Yes, it does. Who's a good boy? Kev, what do you tell your dog when you go to bed at night? (laughs) Get off my bed. You're taking up all of my foot space. Oh. No, why can't no, you can't lie on me? That's not comfortable. That doesn't even look comfortable for you. What are you doing? Stop it! All right, that is all true and accurate. But then, what do you say after you've sorted that out? Don't get too scared. That's a good boy. <laughs>